You're listening to Girl Talk, a podcast for girls, hosted by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Girls are go-getters, innovators, risk-takers, and leaders. As the premier leadership organization for girls, Girl Scouts sets the standard. Girl Scouts is the girl expert, and in a world full of challenges, we're in Girl's Corner. Hey, Girl Talk listeners, I'm Idell, and for those of you who follow the show, you might notice that someone's missing. I'm flying solo today without our usual co-host, Hannah, but I'm going to try my best to hold it down. And today I'm excited to welcome a special guest, Sarah Mikatel. Sarah runs her own business as a transformation coach using the Enneagram and Stoicism to help women replace anxiety, overwhelm, and procrastination with calm, confidence, and fast action. She especially loves helping warm-hearted go-to gals step into the spotlight and prioritize their own dreams, like living abroad. Along a similar thread, she loves helping women literally find their voice through Podcast Launch VIP Days. Sarah hosts three podcasts of her own, Podcasting Step-by-Step, Part of Something Greater, and The Postcard Academy. Born and raised in the U.S., she's spent the last decade living in Europe and believes that true independence means the freedom to choose where, when, and how you spend your time. Sarah is a location-independent world traveler, entrepreneur, writer, and experienced podcaster. But what makes Sarah a particularly special guest today is that she works behind the scenes on Girl Talk as our editor. Sarah's newest podcast, Part of Something Greater, is devoted to stoicism and the Enneagram, which is what she's joining me to talk about today. Sarah, welcome to Girl Talk. I am so happy to be here, Adele. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm excited to learn about what you've been learning about um, and share it with our listeners. I'm excited to play Would You Rather. I hope that <laughs> I hope you have some plans, Idel. <laughs> I do have some plans and I knew you'd be excited. So <laughs> I hope you're satisfied with what I've chosen. I'm sure I will be. All right. So first off, stoicism is kind of a huge topic, but you you break it down very gracefully and masterfully in your new podcast, Part of Something Greater. Um, So I know this concept of stoicism is complex, but can you give us a crash course? Mm, Well, it's actually quite easy. So yeah, I will break it down, Idel, because I think it's such a great tool for well-being that anybody can use. And it's something that people have been using for the last 2,300 years years. That's a time-tested concept. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and sort of like fell out of fashion for quite a long time and was rediscovered by the founder of, or like the person who started cognitive behavioral therapy. So Mm -hmm. a few decades ago, this man who like halfway through his career, you know, Freud was like very popular back then. And he was like, you know what? This doesn't actually work. Like Freudian therapies aren't actually helping people. And he remembered, like he had studied Marcus Aurelius, who was a Roman emperor, like nearly 2000 years ago, and some other philosophers. And Marcus Aurelius was like the emperor of the Roman empire. And they were writing about like meditative practices and journaling and like gratitude and everything that we think are like these really modern things, but they were talking about them way back when. And I'll just start like, I should say, say up front that when people hear the word stoic, the, in the modern sense, we're thinking of like lowercase stoicism, like he was very stoic, like a rock, like didn't show any emotion. And that's actually the complete opposite of what uppercase, like capital S stoicism is. And 
the Stoics said, you know, no, emotions are important. We want to try to like mitigate unhealthy emotions like anxiety and anger and replace them with love and compassion and to live like a really rich and full life. That's so beautiful. That's wonderful. I mean, that's exactly, that was going to be one of my questions is about sort of that lowercase versus uppercase Stoic and Stoicism. Like I think of the strong silent type not showing emotion it's very interesting that it's it's really the opposite and that it's so connected with with these concepts of mindfulness and meditation and and looking looking inside yourself that we think about now so i think people at least i shouldn't say people i think of more of like like eastern traditions sort of asian cultures when i think about mindfulness and meditation i don't necessarily think of the roman empire so it's just interesting to learn about yeah, it's it's quite similar. And who started it first? Is it Taoism? Is it like who 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 knows? Like these could just be universal principles mm-hmm. that have just risen up. Or there was there's like the idea that people Westerners who are translating sort of Eastern philosophy are putting a Western lens over it. So, mm-hmm. but they're beautiful truths, no matter who who came up with them. I want to talk about how girls can relate to stoicism, because when I think about it, I think of very masculine traits, like like we were saying, like I think of like a Viking um, Mm -hmm. when I think of a stoic. So how can girls relate to this and how can they use it to improve their lives and their relationship to the world? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that stoicism is not about being like tough and emotionless. It is about being a compassionate person. And, you know, we hear the phrase all the time, like live your best life. But what does that mean exactly? Then the Stoics, would, that mean? <laughs> the Stoics, <laughs> the Stoics would say living your best life is living a life of good character. So like not worrying about things that are beyond your control, looking out for other people and also taking care of yourself. So Like right now, we are living in a very polarized society and especially over the last year. I mean, it seems like things are calming down now. Who knows? Let's hope Uh, so. My fingers are crossed. (laughs) But things got very intense. A stoic would say when you're looking at the person who is completely opposed to you, instead of trying to scream in their face or getting really upset with what they're saying, to try to understand where they're coming from. Like you might completely disagree with what they're saying, but somewhere in their mind, like they're not trying to be a bad person. In their mind, they're doing the right thing. So kind of like putting the shoe on the other foot, even if it's something you disagree with, just to try to like calm like the waters and figure out what's going on. Because everyone says we need to become more unified, we need to become like calmer and more open, but somebody has to take the first step. And the Stoics would say, well, let's take the first step and try to understand because when we point fingers at people, when we yell at other people, we're shutting them down and they're not going to be open to hearing other ideas. But if we get curious about what they're saying and we ask them, you know, well, what do you mean about this? You're opening a dialogue that's where they would be more receptive to hearing your ideas rather than 
rather than yelling at them. And that's like for their benefit, but then also for your benefit, because you're not going to feel better by getting upset by everything you see on social media, right? Quite the opposite. (laughs) Quite the opposite. (laughs) So just like they would say, like, try to understand where the other person is coming from and don't assume that they're just trying to be a bad person. So that's one thing to try to like calm down the anxiety that we're seeing on social media. Another thing I would say is girls, like everyone, we can get anxious about certain things. We get angry about certain things. And sometimes we feel like our emotions are out of control. And the Stoics would say we actually have the power to have control over our emotions and to like sort of shift into other feelings that we would rather be feeling. And so I can share some techniques that they use for this. And I can even share an example of like something that I went through this week where I was like on Clubhouse. I don't know if girls are using Clubhouse, but you can use TikTok uh, (laughs) as an example as well. But I was kind of having FOMO and I don't usually have that. Normally I like to be in nature, but I got caught up in the swirl of Clubhouse is so new and everybody needs to be on it. And I'm hearing that other people are spending like 10 hours uh, a day on it. And if you're not on it, then your business isn't going to succeed. And so pressure. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, well, I guess I need to be on it. So I started to do uh, show up and do what they call rooms, which are like online events. And, you know, there are some things that are quite cool about Clubhouse. Like I like that you can meet new people and I found some great podcast guests, but I was doing one room like leading it. And I was just like listening to my body, like kind of telling me like you're heart is not in this kind of feelings, like some tension in my body. And so the Stoics would say to like, pay attention to what's happening in your body. So sort of like look out from outside of yourself and sort of like read what's physically sensations are going on. And I could feel like my body just not being energetically there. And this is good information to have, like, listen to your body. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're like lit up and excited and you know, when you're sort of feeling like, "Mm, this feels like a dodgy situation, get certain um, sensations in your body. And so the Stoics would say, this is great information to have. Like this is your body telling you important information about things that you should lean into and then things that you should pull away from. And so that night in Clubhouse, I was thinking, you know, my my body is telling me that I'm I'm not lit up by this and I don't need to be here. And if I want to show up in Clubhouse, I can do it in ways that feel more authentic to me and what my mission and vision is for showing up for other people. And so, and not out of obligation. And so really like cultivating that inner observer and listening to your inner wisdom. And then also saying, is this in my control or not? And yeah, this actually wasn't my control. I can choose to not show up in Clubhouse in a way that doesn't feel like aligned and the way I want to do it. What's what's not in my control? Getting famous on Clubhouse. (laughs) Even if I showed up every day for 10 hours, that wouldn't be any guarantee of success. Yeah, it might get me closer 
to having like, and like, I don't care about fame, but I do want to have, you know, a successful business where I can help sure. other women. And so, but there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees in anything. All we can do is do our best. So I can choose yeah. to show up as my authentic self in the right way, in a way that is going to light up my body. I think that's a great example. And what a, what a great kind of flip of that, like turning, turning those feelings of over, of your emotions overwhelming you and causing anxiety and turning it into a tool to be in tune with yourself and find what makes you happy. I mean, I think it's so easy to get in your emotions and feel overwhelmed and like you have to do something because it's what you're supposed to do. But I don't know. I just think that sounds like such a valuable tool to be able to rethink that and think, oh, this is my body telling me that I don't like this and maybe it's not worth it. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. And there, there are some situations in your life where you you can't necessarily make the decision to just not do it, but there are a lot of situations where you can. And being able to make the right choice for you that's not influenced by your friends or society or professional podcasters or you know, make the right decision for yourself. Yeah. yeah. What a great example. And this ties into the Enneagram as well. So the Enneagram says there are nine core personality types in this world. And there's a lot of nuance to this as well, but that we're motivated by like a core nine different motivations in this world. So Adele and I are both nines, type mm -hmm. nines. <laughs> we lead with type nine, which means like our core motivation is keeping the peace, maintaining like harmony and not rocking the boat, which sounds really nice and lovely, but sure. as part of this <laughs> peacefulness and harmony, we tend to fall asleep to our own needs and prioritize other people's needs or kind of inessential things in our lives. Nines tend to be procrastinators because it's not safe, like on a subconscious level to put yourself out there to be seen. And so you sort of distract mm -hmm. yourself with other things instead of moving on to your like top priority of what you really want to achieve. And so doing the inner work and pushing through that is, is what we need to do just as a type nine example. But I trained with the narrative, narrative Enneagram and that takes an embodied approach as well. Meaning we've got three intelligence centers. So not just our mind, but also our heart and our body. So that's what we talked about before, that sort of inner wisdom and listening to your body for like important information. So not just our head and our heart, but also listening to our body. But going back to that clubhouse example, I'll share mm -hmm. another like thing that the Stoics were really into. And that is putting yourself in sort of voluntary discomfort. So instead of just having everything be like really cushy and nice putting yourself out there to stretch yourself out of your comfort zone and see what you're made of. So for me, I mentioned I don't really like being on center stage. <laughs> so I made a commitment to speak more, like host more clubhouse rooms. And that has nothing to do with like showing up in the right way because I can still show up there authentically. 
it's just showing up, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I did not want to do this. And it, Clubhouse does feel like you're speaking on a stage in front of a bunch of people. And then also, like, sometimes people don't show up in the first 10 minutes. So it's you kind of standing by yourself and maybe one other person will come and you've got to wait there and, like, sit in it for, like, 10 or 15 minutes before you start horrible before you start to build a crowd (laughs) and the first few times I did it yeah I felt really nervous and anxious about it but the more I did it the more comfortable I felt and then felt like this is nothing and I would say the same thing to like any girls listening who might be afraid of putting themselves out there trying something new creatively and worrying about what other people think I'll say the same thing that I tell like my podcasting clients, like you can't wish for brave feelings or like wait for the day you're going to feel brave. You need to take brave action. And then those feelings are going to catch up with you. So I feel that way about many things. And that's what the Stoics would say as well. You need to put yourself um, in these situations to see what you're made of and to take you to the next level. It sounds like Stoicism fits in perfectly with a lot of the things we talk about on Girl Talk. We've talked about bravery and, you know, what it means to be brave, what that looks like, what it can look like for different people and what it really isn't. We've also, we had a great conversation with Julia Burkstaller a few episodes ago about having polarized conversations. And I know you touched on that a little bit, but I think it's just so current right now, these polarizing conversations and thinking about connecting, connecting with people who have different perspectives than you. And, and we talked a lot about, about empathy with Julia in that episode and how much that plays into this. Does, does stoicism specifically talk about empathy or like imply it? Like, is that, is that part of it? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely part of it. And I touched on it before where, you know, kind of assuming that the other person, maybe they're just Un, like uneducated or misinformed about something. So don't rush into the judgment that they're wrong and they're trying to do harm. Maybe they just don't know as much as you or they've never been introduced to something. I think a lot of times we people want to like rush in and judge people because they're just making assumptions. And which isn't to say that there's not, you know, negative people out there. But to try to have empathy of where they're coming from, what they've been through, you know, misinformation that people have told them, especially in like this conspiracy theory world. Right. Right. Um, And so, yeah, definitely having empathy for other people. And I'll mention something else. The Stoics are, you know, a philosophy where they really want to rein in anger and replace it with like healthier, positive emotions. And some people Mm -hmm. say, well, wait a minute, what about like social justice and things like that? Don't we need anger to fuel a fire? And the Stoics would say, no, we should still be fighting for justice. And the Stoics have done that throughout history. But instead of like fighting out of hate, fight out of love, like fight because you love people so much, you want to make a change for them. And 
like think of Martin Luther King, right? Like he was Mm -hmm. fighting out of love. Martin Luther King Jr. said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And the Stoics would say, yeah, absolutely. Like we're going to march alongside with you because we totally agree. Right. Beautiful. We've touched a little bit on on current events um, and what's going on in the world right now. So, so on your show, you talk about the Enneagram and Stoicism as being the greatest tools to help us grow and live happy, peaceful lives. And we've talked about that here too, which sounds awesome, uh, especially now when we've lived through a year of the global COVID-19 pandemic and at the same time grappling with the impacts of systemic racism and really polarized U.S. election. So it's been a ton. And I know that you sort of started your personal journey with like really getting into stoicism during this time. Can you talk about what drew you into these concepts personally? Like what really spoke to you and what made you kind of move your career path at the moment to incorporate them into your life and business? Well, I, right before the pandemic was in Athens, Greece, which is the home of stoicism and was walking in like the footsteps of the ancient Stoics. (laughs) And I had kind of heard about Stoicism in the past, but it wasn't until I was there and learning the history and what it really was that I started to become really interested in it. And I guess my personality type, I would consider myself to be naturally kind of Stoic and laid back and I don't get bothered by too many things, but I know Mm -hmm. that a lot of people do because, you know, the Enneagram teaches us that, you know, some types have a harder time managing anger, have like a harder time managing anxiety. And I wanted to take some of these stoic principles and share them with other people. And it made me more aware of my own anger, like (laughs) I tell our like type nine nature we tend to think we never get angry. But if you actually mm-hmm. like listen to your body, you're like, oh, actually, I actually do get ticked off about certain things and like stepping back and getting curious and like, oh, why did that upset me so much? And, you know, I'll give an example of, you know, I broke my arm not that long ago and had a box that I needed to mail and I didn't tape it. And so I walked to the post office because I and I didn't have type and I was hoping tape and I was hoping the lady could help me out. And I was the only one there. She wasn't busy. (laughs) And I asked her if she could please help me tape this box. And she just looks at me and is like, we don't have any tape. Like you're going to have to go somewhere else. And I could just feel like the heat (laughs) rising in my body. And I got so mad and, but kind of in a passive aggressive (laughs) way. And (laughs) always super healthy, super. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't yell at her because I'm not a yeller, but I was like, you could tell I was ticked. And um, I was just like, oh, well, do you have like any other suggestions? I forgot what I said, but I left there (laughs) thinking like, I got irrationally upset in there over this. Like, why did I get so mad? And, you know, it was because she was, I feel like, disrespecting me, taking advantage of, or like treat just treating me badly, you know, being yeah. un, un, in like unjust. And 
Or at I'm least sure. insensitive. You know, insensitive. you've got a broken arm. She's running a post office. Clearly they've got some tape. I know around. you have tape back there. <laughs> so. Even if she could offer for you to like purchase some tape. <laughs> yes. No, no offers and like wouldn't give me any recommendations of where else to go. See, I'm already uh, mad with you. because you know. Yeah. Well, our types, we tend to get <laughs> mad when other people are, you know, under like distress. Like when people are doing bad to like yeah, when people are doing th- bad things to people we love and uh, yeah so but but like I took a step back and I was like all right what am I feeling in my body right now like my heart is beating faster like my face is flushed I think I I think I overreacted <laughs> even though I felt like she was unjust I didn't need to let that blow out of proportion I, I mean I shouldn't have let it respond like react at all i shouldn't have reacted at all but that happens that's life and the stoics would say yeah but we are only human beings we're not supposed to be these perfect people these are just techniques to like live a calmer life and but i was i was happy to have that tool of like listening to my body why am i getting upset about this is this really a big deal no it's not (laughs) like i can go (laughs) and it wasn't i went to a different place they helped me tape the box and they mailed it for me the end so it's not about being a perfect person it's just about having some tools in your toolbox to help mm-hmm. you manage these feelings. And and as I said, to like become aware that you even have these feelings, you know? Sometimes right. we might feel really anxious about something, but it's not even hitting, it's not even like we're not realizing it until we listen to our body. And it was like, oh, like my tummy is turning. I'm like really freaking out about this. What does this mean? Like, what can I do about this to like maybe, you know, Try something else. And I think it it builds, right? So like she she might have said no to you in maybe kind of a snippy way because maybe she had already had 25 people ask her for tape that day and she was like, no, I'm not exactly. giving you my tape. <laughs> but you don't know that. And yeah, exactly. you, prob- you maybe wouldn't have felt so bad if you didn't have a freshly broken arm and maybe a few other things happened to you on the way there, you know, and it, it all kind of builds. So it seems like if if you're really thinking about this, about stoicism and about being in touch with your body and how you're feeling and your emotions, if you were thinking about that throughout the whole day, you might not have gotten to the point where you were going to fly off the handle because she wouldn't give you any tape. You're a good stoic. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Another thing the stoics would say is like, when you wake up, like, think about how your day is going to go. Don't just like be a prisoner of the whims of <laughs> the whims of the hours, like figure out what, like what you actually want to do that day. What, what's your like number one priority? And also what is something that could prevent that from happening? So we can't predict everything, but there are certain things we can predict. Like if you are doing homeschooling and your zoom, you know, your zoom doesn't usually work and you have to reload the computer like one or two times <laughs> Make sure you get to your computer a little bit earlier so you're not like freaking out that your teacher's going to get mad because you're showing up late and now you're all anxious and nervous. Like if you already like can like think a few steps ahead of how the day is going to go, that will just make you feel a little bit more relaxed. And, you know, back to our relations and tension and things like that. Let's say Thanksgiving dinner as an example. You know your uncle like is not your doesn't have your political views is going to try to test you he knows you blow up because he and he thinks it's funny and he wants to get a rise out of you mm-hmm. know that before you go 
and no, and like put it in your mind. Like he's not going to have power over me today. He can say whatever he wants. And if I want to engage, I could just get curious and be like, oh, really? Like, hmm, what makes you think that? And then you might catch him in some contradictions and you could be like, oh, well, actually, when you said that other thing, like, so how does that jive? So instead of like getting reactionary and getting mad, like prepare in advance, you know what's coming, like, and don't let him get the better of you. Yeah. I think those are two really good examples because you're, it's like, they're totally different, but they're both like sort of rehearsing and being ready for the worst case scenario so that you can be calm and chill about it. So like being ready for your Zoom call or being ready for your uncle, like, you know, those are, they're totally different, but they're kind of the same. And I, I think, so I was listening to to the first few episodes of your show the other day, this weekend, and what really struck me and made me think for a minute was that rehearsing part where you're thinking like, what is the worst thing that could happen? And how will I feel about it a week from now compared to how I feel about it in the moment? And if you think through that, it might not feel so bad in the moment. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So let me think of a specific example. Like a common one is like losing your job, but we can talk about a breakup as well. So somebody just broke up with you and your heart is absolutely broken and you feel like you're never going to find somebody like that again. Even maybe you didn't even like this person that much, but (laughs) the breakup came out of nowhere and you're like, wait a minute, I want to be with him. This isn't fair. Think about 10 years in the future. You know, you have finished school. You've got a great career. Your friends are awesome. You are living your dream life. You are not thinking about this person. So imagine like that feeling and bring it forward. Like you don't need to waste the next month or so pining after this person and feeling upset. Like think about future you and how awesome your life is and the person you want to be. You're not even going to remember this breakup. So like get that, think of that feeling and like bring it forward. Right. I think that's really valuable. I think you could apply that to a lot of things. Like I just think of my, you know, daily work life. Like when there's stressful things coming up, I have, you know, a meeting that didn't go well at all or a conversation that didn't go well at all. And like dwelling on that and feeling Mm -hmm. like it's the end of the world. But then being able to have those tools to, to keep those feelings down. I mean, that sounds very... That sounds very nice to me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be well, able to practice that and and use it even for those like smaller situations that for those of us who have some anxiety to to help sort of quell that in the moment. Yeah. And like another technique is just saying like, and then what? So this person broke up with me and broke my heart. And then what? Well, I spent the weekend in bed crying and watching Netflix and eating chocolate. (laughs) And then what? Well, then I had to get up and go to school and I didn't really want to, but I did. And, and then what? And then my friend called me and we talked and, you know, she cheered me up because she always cheered me up. And, and then what? And then I started thinking about, you know, college or, 
you know, and you can keep doing like, and then what, and then what, until you realize like you're getting farther and farther from that dark place and Mm -hmm. realizing your life moves on. Your life moves on. It's not going to stay in that dark place. What a great concept. So another thing that I can mention, and I guess you asked me before, like what really resonated with me about stoicism. And Mm -hmm. before I even really like knew what the philosophy was, I was saying sort of stoic principles on my travel podcast, uh, which is the Postcard Academy. So I've I'm an American, but I've lived over here in Europe for the last 10 years. I encourage other people to make the move if they want. So I interview other expat women like myself, but I I would always say, you know, you will never have this day again, make it matter. And that's a very core stoic principle. Like you might not be here tomorrow. So, so make today count. Are you Mm -hmm. like being, showing up as your best self today? Are you going to be at the end of the day? Are you going to be proud of how you spent this day? Are you satisfied with how you spent this day? Because you're never going to get it back. And so that's something that is always front of mind for them. And they do something called negative visualization. So think of something that you have and then imagine that you don't have it. And a kind of like dark version of this that but is is useful is like imagine that somebody who you love who's in your life right now isn't there maybe they passed away and you know imagine yourself like leaving the funeral and how sad you are and thinking about your final moments and then realizing you actually still have that person in your life and it's sort of like a gratitude practice, but it's also a practice in presence of like being in the moment and realizing you might not ever, you might not always have that person in your life. So what do you, how do you want to end the day with them? How do you want to end phone calls with them? That's a very interesting way to say that. I mean, I I think a lot of us would kind of squash those feelings, you know, once in a while, kind of you know, thoughts come into my head about one of my parents passing away or my partner or, you know, and I squash those feelings because you can't think about those things because it's too scary. But like thinking about it really mindfully in a way that helps you be very grateful for that person and and be able to tell them that and live in the moment with them, I think is is a cool thing to talk about. Yeah. So the point of the exercise is not to stay in the negative, but to reignite your appreciation for Mm -hmm what you already have for the people in your life and to like savor that and to treat people as if this might be the last time that you see them. And as I said, to bring presence to your life, because most Mm -hmm. of us are either living in the past or (laughs) we're thinking about (laughs) the future. And the Stoics are all about trying to keep us in the present because these are the most important moments that we have are are what is happening right now. Yeah. I think I personally spend a lot of my time thinking about the future in a way where I'm like waiting, you know, waiting for the future. And I don't know, I, I feel like I'm I'm at an age and a place in my life where I should stop waiting and start living here. And I think everybody can, everybody at any age can have a little bit more of that in their life instead of waiting unless i you know if you're in a a bad situation and you're you're kind of waiting to get out of it that's 
one thing, but I think being present in the moment and not spending all of that time, like waiting to be a certain age or waiting for a certain milestone in your life. And then you're, you're always going to look back and wish you were younger later. So why not live in the moment now? Yeah. I mean, every study that they've done of elderly people reflecting on their lives, their regrets are never, um, I wish to, I watched more TV. I wish I, you know, <laughs> spend more time at the office. It's, yeah. I wish I was more present with the people who I cared about and spent more time with them and mm -hmm. was more like in this world and went after my dreams instead of being scared and thinking I'll get to that one day. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're at the end of your days. Right. And I think that's a good, that's a good reason to look for work in your life that feeds your soul and surround yourself with people. Even like, I feel very lucky in my workplace that I'm surrounded by people who support me and, and I, I don't dread going to work. I have a, you know, full-time job that takes a lot of my time, but it's become part of my identity because I because I like it there. And I think finding something like that, you know, I wouldn't I think when I'm 95, I wouldn't look back and wish I had worked more, but right now I don't have any I don't have any regrets about spending that time. So I think that's that's important to have something. And I know you, I, I think you probably feel the same way about your career choice. You know, you're constantly building and changing things with the times and with your own self and living your best life. There, that's what it means to live <laughs> your best life. We answered it. Yeah, but I mean, we all have things, we should all be doing reflecting. And this is another thing that the Stoics say that, you know, in the evening, you should have a gratitude practice and just sort of like a meditation reviewing how your day went. So just thinking about like, mm -hmm. did I do the things that I wanted to do today? Did I like show, show up as my best self? Did was I not that great of a person today? <laughs> and mm -hmm. if not, how can I do better? And just give yourself some grace and sort of bless and release and tomorrow's a new day. And then you've got like your sort of circular morning meditation where you can wake up and think like, all right, well, today is like the day. This could be the last day. So how do I want to, to enjoy it? So, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm happy with choices that I'm making, but we all have certain things like you mentioned Idel, like kind of waiting for your life to start or you know we all have certain things that maybe we want to actually be doing less of and it's like a struggle that I've had as a, a business owner and as somebody who doesn't live in the same country as my family going home and visiting and balancing like building a business with like visit, how, hanging out with my family and this sort of like tug of working, like thinking about friends and family while I'm working and blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. really having to like at the end of the day, sit back and say, what are my priorities here? Who do I really want to be spending time with? And, you know, when I'm in the States, it's 100% with my cute little nephew, <laughs> you know, just being more mindful of how we're spending our time each day. Even if you love your job, like just think about mm -hmm. your life as a, a sort of like complete whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Like thinking about it as a package. I, I know so many people who spend all of their time working and that is not me. I need a lot of recharging time. I need a lot of alone time. I love to be with my family, but I also, you know, I'm sort of an introvert, extrovert, hy hybrid, I think. An ambivert. And I, yeah, exactly. And I need, I need time with my pets in my house, you know, 
I need a lot of that. So I, I know myself, I know I need that. So I, I have that work-life balance, but some people thrive having projects and work to do. And this can apply even if you're, you're a girl, you know, if you're a kid and you're not in a career right now, it can apply to people who really like school and tons of extracurriculars and like, it kind of feeds you and makes you feel good to have all that stuff to do, but know that it's okay if you don't like those things and, and you need a little bit more balance in your life, but yeah. just be in. So I think the lesson here is to be in tune with that and realize like, am I doing all of this to keep myself busy and not think about things I don't want to think about? Or am I doing it because it's actually feeding my soul and, and, a good thing in my life. Feeding my soul. Yes. And let's go back to girls for a second. I yeah. got a little into the weeds of like business life, which you <laughs> girls can look forward to. Yeah. But uh, I was in Starbucks pre-pandemic and there were these two girls hanging out and I, I would guess they were in high school age or younger and but probably high school age. But anyway, they were on Instagram and talking about how much, how many likes that they were getting on their pictures and talking about Instagram strategy of like getting more followers and having this whole discussion at, but like not sounding joyful at all about yeah. this, very much sounding like this was drudgery and like something they had to do, but not something that they wanted to be doing. Yeah. And I just want to encourage any girls listening to like, again, go back to like listening to your body. Like, are you feeling this tension? Like, oh, you know, I actually don't want to be do doing this and mm -hmm. think about what you do want to be doing and going back to that 10 years from now, is this going to matter? Like, is Instagram even going to be around in 10 years? Who knows? Probably not. So yeah. <laughs> you don't need to, like, if you're not enjoying social media, you don't need to be on it right now, or, or you don't need to spend as much time on it as maybe you are. Right. And maybe it's just limiting. So I don't know. We try not to get into a lot of giving advice on this show, more just talking about our experiences. But I think if, if I was going to think of something to like connect that with what we're talking about with stoicism, I think, and having that, those mindfulness practices and the being grateful, like just think about waking up. Like when's the first time you look at your phone? I bet a lot of people would say immediately, like as soon as you reach for your phone to turn off your alarm, which is your phone, mm -hmm. um, you're on whatever favorite app you want to look at. So I, I try really hard not to do that. I do look at the weather. I feel a little weird that my phone knows that and it says like do you want to look at the weather <laughs> because it knows me but I think a lot of a lot of people especially teenagers you know you're on your social media apps constantly and maybe just making that deliberate choice like okay I'm going to get myself a, an actual alarm clock so that I don't have to look at my phone right away and you do that sort of little short you know practice of being grateful and thinking about your day before you get into your phone. So it might not be like you don't need to erase your Instagram account because we know a lot of people just kind of can't do that. It's sort of wound into the fabric of high school, but just like really thinking about when and how you participate in those things that might not be making you feel very good um, might make them feel better. Yeah. So listen to yourself. Listen yeah. to yourself. Follow yeah. yourself. Follow your own ways. An your own voice. Another cool thing that the Stoics did, it sort of has this modern name called the view from above. I don't think that's what the Stoics called it, but they said a good way to sort of like 
to sort of get out of your own little focus of attention because when we get really anxious or like ticked off about something, our focus of attention gets really narrow and it's like all we can think about. And if we can imagine ourselves just sort of like, say you're like lying in bed, imagine yourself like floating up, up through the house. There's no like ceiling. You can just keep (laughs) going higher and higher. And then you're like in the sky, sort of like looking over your yard and your street. And then you keep going up higher and now you're seeing your whole neighborhood and you keep rising higher and higher and you're seeing even more land until you like rise up above and you're kind of like in outer space, like looking at the beautiful like globe of earth and just realizing that we are just one tiny dot on this globe and there's so much swirling around and going on and we're just like a little part of it and our problems aren't as immense as as we think they are. I was doing it as you were saying it. So <laughs> now I'm floating up above the world. I feel that way a lot when I'm, if I'm out in the woods, especially on a lake at night with the stars. And I don't know, you know, if anybody has experienced this, I'm sure some of you have, but it makes you feel very tiny. And I think experiences like that, where you can get yourself out of your immediate constant environment, which I know right now in COVID times is really hard. I'm sort of craving that, like getting out of my own day to day and getting somewhere that makes me feel small. It reminds me that, you know, to think about what's important and what's not. Yeah, it's like great for like having perspective, but then at the same time, realizing that you are connected to this universe. We're all connected. We're all a part of this big thing that's like greater than ourselves. And I think that's a really cool thing. So Sarah, as a traveler and a globally minded person, talk about how you relate to new environments and people who might have cultures, beliefs and values that are different from your own. Okay. Well, I like to say that travel is the greatest form of diplomacy because we are getting on the ground and meeting people like as they are and not as we're seeing them on television. Now you can believe, have whatever beliefs you want about like your political leaders, uh, past and present, but I know, you know, we don't all want to be identified with who our president is or was. Mm -hmm. And the same with other countries, you know, we watch television and you hear about these horrible dictators and, you know, these awful people, but the leaders of countries aren't representative of all of the people in their country. So I think it's really important to see people as they are and get to know them when you're traveling and talk to them and not assume that it's like what you might have seen or heard about in the news. So I love having conversation exchanges with people when I go to a new place. So any girls, like if you're doing traveling someday in the future, that's a great way to meet new people. Just have a conversation exchange with them. I love, you know, getting off the beaten path and really getting to know a place and just seeing it through like the local perspective. And and as I said, like not just like the baggage that we're taking from our own culture and being open to hearing stories and ideas and like having conversations with people. Excellent. 
Sarah, I think we'll have to have you back on the show another time just to talk about travel because because I love travel and I know you love travel and I know there are a lot of girls out there that are kind of either might be doing some travel or might be itching to get out there in the world. So I think it's a good future idea for us to have a conversation. I could talk so. about that like for days. Forever. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get it on the schedule. All right. Anything you... Anything else you want to say about stoicism that you don't think my questions led us to that you really wanted to get to? I guess I'll share like one more story of, for some reason, this popped into my head before mm-hmm. our call, kind of in preparation of of this discussion. And it's funny, the things that are embedded in your mind, some of like, we have the most random memories of things that are should not be this important <laughs> but i had a i had a memory of walking into a, a restaurant and this man behind me was kind of like holding the door for me and i said thank you to him but he didn't hear me say thank you and he got really mad and kind of like yelled thank you at me kind of like barked it at me and I kind of said, like, I said, thank you. And I don't even know if you heard me say that, (laughs) but I'm just thinking like he got irrationally mad about this. And, you know, as we talked about throughout this conversation, like we really needed to think about, is this in my control or is it Mm -hmm. not? Like me saying thank you wasn't in this guy's control. If you want to, if you want to open a door for somebody, do it without being tied to the outcome. The Stoics would say, don't like live like your life without being tied to like what happens. And also don't don't get so worked up over like little (laughs) tiny things. And um, yeah, I still remember this. And so it really was embedded in my memory, but I'm hoping like if this happens again, I am not going to remember for the rest of my life that somebody yelled at me because (laughs) (laughs) they thought I didn't say Thank you. And in fact, I think I might have turned around. I would turn around and say like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't hear me. I said, I said, thank you. And then hopefully that person would calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Just we can't we can't control most things. We can only be good people and be good to others. And and yeah, that's what the Stoics would say. And if that guy knew he had that kind of impact on you, he (laughs) might not have done that. You know, you're remembering it forever. He's probably not like, oh, that woman, she didn't say thank you 10 years ago. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. He's not thinking about it. Uh, Yeah. But I'm glad we're having this like final chat because I'm sure the girls listening have like their own experiences with this. We're still thinking about things and the other person is not. (laughs) And so (laughs) we need to bless and release. I have a lot of those. Bless and release. That is a beautiful concept. When you're talking about sort of mindfulness and being grateful and and the concept of bless and release, can you tell us what your evening gratitude looks like? Like just as an example, like what, what sorts of things do you think about? Well, let me start with the morning. So I've gotten into doing morning journaling. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't know if you've ever heard of morning pages, but it's from like The Artist's Way, the book The Artist's Way. And it's just doing like three pages of free flowing notes, just like whatever's on your mind to clear your head 
mm-hmm. of like what's going on up there because you might notice that your head, like your mind drifts a lot <laughs> throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're trying to do schoolwork and you're like daydreaming about something else. And so morning pages can help like just clear out the cobwebs. And also like it's can like show what you're really thinking about and what's important to you at the moment. If you're just like sort of free writing all these ideas and mine tend to like end with me sort of like bulleting what I want to do for the day. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening I will, you know, think back on like, how did the day go? Did I achieve what I wanted to achieve? I can reflect on like, did I get irrationally mad at the lady at the post office <laughs> and think, you know, yeah, I did. I mean, I feel like she deserved it (laughs) at the time. I thought she deserved it, but I acted irrationally, you know, and I didn't really think about what she might, may have just been having a really bad day. So like sort of reflecting on, all right, yeah, what, what could have been happening with her? How can I show up better next time? I'm not going to get bent out of shape over to like tape again. (laughs) And and then you let it go and then you let it go. So I could have showed up better and I will show up better. And now I'm like, I give myself the grace to have a good night's sleep. Yeah. You're not going to feel bad about it. You're not going to dwell on it. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing. I think that sounds like a great idea. All right. Now it's time for Would You Rather. Let's do it. All right. Would you rather have free Wi-Fi wherever you go or be able to drink unlimited free coffee or tea at any coffee shop at any time? Oh, well, I felt like this might be kind of a hard question for you because I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's easy. So free tea or coffee at any cafe anywhere in the world? Of any, of any kind. You know, that is really tough because I go through these phases where I'm doing like clean living and I'm having mm-hmm. no coffee or tea at all. But am I going to do that forever? Probably not. And one of my favorite things in the world to do is sit outside of a cafe in like Italy or, you know, some European country and just Mm -hmm. people watch on a sunny day. Hmm. And a lot of cafes have Wi-Fi these days. I'm going to go with the coffee and tea. Yeah. All right. I kind of thought you would pick Wi-Fi, but I was wrong. I'm actually going to pick the same thing. I'm going to pick coffee or tea. I love coffee and have never stopped drinking it. So (laughs) it's one of the things I I wouldn't give up. I usually only have one cup a day, but I just, I look forward to it. Even I make my coffee. So that's sort of my mindfulness moment in the morning is, Mm -hmm. is making pour over coffee. So I love to make my own coffee, but I also love like a bougie oat milk latte. Like I just love it, but I hate that they're $6, you know? So, (laughs) and also traveling, like you can't make your own coffee. I love going to coffee shops and like visiting new places and new corners and having afternoon coffee when I'm on vacation is the best. So I'm going to pick free coffee or tea at Hmm. any coffee shop. You're going to have to come visit me in England. We've got so many nice independent coffee shops. I would love that to. Are great. And, you know, I for a split second, I thought Wi-Fi, but I do want to be more untethered and have like a clearer mind. And 
I actually am starting to read more paper books because I travel so much. Most of my books mm-hmm. are on my phone and I'm just mm-hmm. sick of listening, lo- looking at my phone. And mm-hmm. when I walk around, I'm almost always listening to a podcast and I'm trying to be more mindful of that, of like taking off my headphones and actually hearing the ocean. I walk along the ocean and mm-hmm. like, I'm not even hearing it because I've got, you know, earbuds in my ear. So Yeah. I don't need you Wi-Fi every second of the day. We don't even need you. I mean, we do need you because we're using you right now to talk yeah. to each other across the ocean, which is incredible. It's uh, pretty miraculous, but we're going to choose coffee. And we'd rather be drinking coffee at the seaside in a town in England. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Sarah. This has been great. I'm so glad that you joined me today. I, I have enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, now it's time for Girls Pick. Hi, my name is Wawa. I am a sophomore. These are my top three actors. Norman Reedus, he plays in The Walking Dead. Amy Jo Johnson, she plays in Flashpoint. And Louis Yifei, she plays in Mulan. Girl Talk is brought to you by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Our host is Hannah Gilbert. The show is produced by Adele Erickson and edited by Sarah Mikatel. For more about the podcast and our team, go to girltalk.girlscoutsrv.org. See you next time.